Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast, Perimenopause Power. We're delighted today to have Tessa McPeak on our podcast. Tessa is an astrologer, counsellor and spiritual carer with superb listening skills and an eye for detail. She specialises in helping people understand their life path and know their power for healthy, conscious living. AstroTessa.com offers a range of unique and artful astrology reports for every stage of life from newborn baby to business and personal relationships, midlife changes and an annual checkups, as well as coping with the loss of a loved one, a relationship, a job or an ability. Tessa is a qualified bereavement and end of life counsellor. Her sessions create a safe space for healing and for growth. She volunteers in hospitals and provides sessions for carers of people who are dying. Tessa believes that we all need to be heard and respected without judgment, especially when highly emotional experiences occur. Being an expert in her field, Tessa is a great asset for people at any stage of life. Welcome, Tessa, to our podcast. Natalie and I are absolutely um, so excited to have you on, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Lisa. That's lovely. I I just want to start by acknowledging the country, uh, the traditional owners of the country on which I'm living. That's the Yuan people. And I'm in the Duringin tribal lands on the Bega Valley, the coastline of of New South Wales. And so I'm paying my respects because we're meeting on this lands and this podcast is being broadcast from here. So respects to the elders and to those who are currently alive and those who are emerging who look after these lands and the spiritual uh, content of them. So um, I recently travelled to Tasmania and that's such a sacred place. Mm -hmm. I really felt the spirits of the land. And in my work, a lot of the time that um, uh, I'm working with people in the spiritual realm, um, I really relate to them as a part of a life cycle. And that's what I want to focus on today is that, that we've all you know, these uh, traditional owners of, of being here and those that are living uh, conscious of what the messages that they carry from those other lives and the, the obligations and the work they have to do in this life. And I think all of us have got a mission. Um, working with people close to death, you actually find out a lot about how people reflect on their purpose um, and what have they achieved or what have they not done. And it's, it's just been a lovely thing to move more into that bereavement area. Mm, that's beautiful what a lovely opening and what a special part of the world uh, or a special part of Australia that you live in too it's um it really is a beautiful part beautiful part of our country there so you're very lucky to be able to wake up every morning and experience that as well and I just wanted to also um just let listeners know today that Natalie is actually with us but Natalie's lost her voice so um you'll be hearing my voice a little bit more uh, than usual through the podcast today so um if there's a little momentary pause, it's because Natalie's written something down on a piece of paper or um, sent me a text message to, to be able to get involved in the conversation. So thanks, Tessa, for coming on and thank you for that beautiful introduction. And, you know, that probably leads really well into our first question that um, I'm sure that our listeners would love to hear your story, Tessa. So could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how your business, Astro Tessa, came about? 
I'm very happy to talk about my uh, my astro test of business, and and I've been an astrologer since I was 25. Things started happening for me quite early in my life. I, I became uh, a little bit um, confused about what was my purpose, what was my direction, and so I reached out into uh, different uh, guidance points, and, and astrology came into view, and I found that that was a really good uh, explanation of my life. And so AstroTessa really began then, but I hadn't formally opened a business until I was in my uh, late 50s. And mm-hmm. it was really to offer these uh, interpretations to people and to help them to understand their lives. I do find a lot of my clients are women. However, I have a lot a lot of men who come as well, men who want to understand their own, you know, parts of their lives of uh, cycles that they're in and, and disappointments or aspirations they have, um, these sorts of things. So with women, I do find I work a lot um, with the uh, yearly cycle and also the lunar cycle for women. And I've been using all of these techniques and understandings in my own life. So I guess it's a it's a passion and a, and a lifestyle that I'm in now. So I watch every day. I, I check on the particular uh, atmosphere or the the conditions of the planets and and particularly where the moon is and that guides a lot of my decision making and planning around the days that I will do certain things and mm-hmm. plan ahead and so on so it's a kind of uh, it's 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 a bit of a recipe for life and how do you go with you know there's a lot of people out there that probably would think that um, well, Natalie and I call it the woo-woo factor. And, you know, how, how do you go with people that you come across with, with that and convincing, or not convincing them, but explaining to them how astrology can really benefit them from that, you know, oh, I love everything that you've just mentioned. Well, I guess the thing is that a lot of sceptics in the world and mm. astrologers tend to avoid them. You know, we can't convince people who have made no. up their minds already. So we tend to work with people who are more open to, to this way of understanding. I mean, I always explain to people if they want to listen to me that astrology used to be linked. It was kind of twin to astronomy. Mm. So all astrologers are also astronomers. We understand, you know, we can look at the skies and understand what's going on. Uh, but what happened in the Enlightenment ages in the 13th and 14th century was that all of these sciences uh, started to separate from the artful kind of interpretive side of things and they became you had to have a cause and effect a rational scientific proof evidence all these sorts of things started to come in a very reductionist way of looking at the world Mm. and so you know if people want to listen to that and we can have an argument about that that's really where I my mind is is that you know all of these sciences around herbs and around uh, the body and how they relate to the emotions and so on are starting to come back now. They a lot are. of neurology is being done around the brain and how we understand that the brain governs the emotional world, you know, because of the way it works and so on. So I, I, I hold out hope that ultimately the astrologer will become back more, more to the fore. Yeah. In the last decade, uh, in the last century or so, astrology is linked much more with the psychology. And so a lot of what we do is actually based on and uses techniques from psychology. So we use astrology to quickly understand a person's dynamics. And then we use our psychological approaches to counselling that can help with those dynamics. Mm, fantastic. So um, on your website, uh, Tessa, you note, you, you've got a quote there. It says, like you, I am familiar with the waves of change in life, times of happiness and opportunity, times of loss and separation, and times we seek guidance, um, and that really resonated with me. And I th- thought, with that in mind, can you 
tell us a little bit, and you touched on a little bit before, how you support women in their health as they, as they move through their menstrual, perimenopause and menopause years, where that connection is? Mm. Yeah, I was, um, I was actually reviewing my notes on this. Um, we do understand the midlife crisis through astrology, astrological ways of looking. Uh, and there are several different uh, angles that planets make to each other that we all experience that occur along the occur throughout life, but particularly they come into, into a really strong pattern uh, from the age of 38 through to the ages of uh, 56, 57, which is just sort of, mm. you know, roundly kind of a, a midlife area. Yeah. And particularly what they're challenging are things like, uh, are we feeling free to be ourselves? Is there something in us that we give authority to somebody else? And, and so with women particularly, they might give authority or initially given authority to their father and then to their husband or partner, particularly if they're heterosexual. And so they might begin to question that, is that, or even the doctor, they, they start to question, you know, can I get my own power within this situation? Mm. Can I become my own authority on something? The other thing that comes up is this creativity, this feeling of maybe being blocked from being really who you are, who we really truly are, and being able to express ourselves in a creative way. And so there's a sort of freedom in that. And there's a testing angles that come in the mid forties around that. Um, we have always this sense of what is my purpose? What are we doing? What am I doing in this life? And those sorts of things get activated in the midlife as well. Um, and there's also opportunities start to come and a feeling of wanting to really heal any old wounds that maybe occurred in early life. That happens around 50. Um, then there's also a, a big feeling of I'm going to start a new, a new life, a new cycle, a kind of rebirthing starts to occur in the mid-50s. So I guide women, I, I see a lot of women who are in their 40s, mostly I guess my clientele is 40s, 50s, 60s, and particularly in the 40s, a lot of women come with this sense of um, I want to understand why I'm getting blocked and why I feel so frustrated. I mean, I guess, you know, I'd turn it over to you. Is that your experiences that you start to feel like that around about that age? Yeah, absolutely. And and definitely the women that we coach with and, you know, whether it be group or individual basis, it's certainly, um, it's a reawakening for some of them around, you know, they've been, a lot of them have been mothers. So they've been, you know, had that concentration around rearing their children and they've either got teenagers or children that are becoming more independent. And so they start looking around, you know, that I really resonated with that creativity, you know, like um, I have a real creative aspect around things that I want to do personally. But you definitely see it with other women that, you know, they're just looking for some things to, to probably find themselves again and get their own That's independence exactly right. and, and be independent of, of the others. And a lot of the work that we do is around actually filling their cup first and, and making sure that they're healthy and happy and that, you know, they see that that power can be a really good thing and actually make them a happier person, which, and, you know, if you've got a happier woman or, and if she's a mum, you know, I always say happy mum, happy sons with my kids, you know, like if I'm happy boys, then you're happy, you know, like everything <laughs> flows really well. Right. Absolutely. So I really resonated with, you know, with what you're saying. That's right. Those cycles of um, creativity actually really start for the first time around the early forties. And related to our sense of uh, having having a chance to use our imagination, you know, and really that is when we get released a lot from those kind of pressures. Yeah, you and know, it's we find a lot of pressure in our early lives as women to become certain things, you know. 
yeah. it, it also marries up into, I'm just thinking from that perimenopause start for yeah. a lot of women in their early 40s, is that it's like you're going into a new phase, you know, you're going into that that other phase of your life. So it really does, um, it does marry up beautifully. It does. And I guess this is the thing is in these cycles, um, you know, they vary obviously per, by each person's birth date and time and so on some of them but particularly these bigger ones are very universal mm. um, and we can look at a life pattern from the beginning and you can actually see it forecast for people you know yeah these will be the times when you ought to think about well what is the structure of my life and how do I need to restructure to achieve the things I want to achieve yeah does your dog want to come in and have a chat on the no, podcast she's barking at somebody going Going past, and I'm sorry that's happening. She's doing her job. That's beautiful. She, she'll stop soon. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you see that change from you know you talk about that early 40s? Do you see that change again in the 50s when you know women are yeah. most likely you know they've got that day of menopause and they become postmenopausal? Is there a change that happens around then that you're seeing? Absolutely. There's there's a, a very big change at 50, as I mentioned, um, to do with the sense of um, my individual pathway to heal myself so it's a very self-healing movement can occur at that point it's yeah. either that or there can be a very destructive response to it yeah it depends on how conscious you are and that's why i encourage people to understand themselves and mm -hmm. astrology is just one way but to have some kind of insight um, process going on for them so that they can see because often what we do is we're born uh, this is a, the understanding is we're born with this kind of uh, wound and we're always seeking to heal it. Now, often the wound is something like that happened quite early in a social situation, perhaps at school or in our families. And, and often this wound is something that's been niggling at us because it made us feel inferior or marginalised or somehow or other not the same. And everybody's got it. it. The nature of it changes, and I can help with that because astrology can see where this particular energy is operating in the zodiac. And so it can be a different kind of energy. Some people might have it as... I couldn't express myself as a child and I had to get angry for people to be looking at me to get attention. Mm. And so that's actually a wound because no way to communicate really. Yeah. And so what at 50 we start to realise is actually I've always been angry and I don't want to be anymore. So menopause can sometimes bring this out as well because there's that feeling of being a bit spaced out and a bit kind of able to, to, to sort of become a different person. You know, it, it's a weird experience, menopause. I went through it at 45 myself. Yeah. Uh, quite early but um yeah so so that's when we really might start to reach for those sort of programs that you're offering you know where where we want to understand how we can become self-healing and powerful and, and use the rest of our lives to uh, to actually overcome this and also to relate to other people mm. you know it's interesting again because um when women you know sort of head into you know they, they become postmenopausal there's an element of that um, that hormone change that that talks about women not giving so much, you know, so many Fs about what it, what it is that, you know, yeah. they don't worry so much anymore. They, they're yeah. more at home with feeling who they are and being more confident, even though we tend to lose a bit of confidence. It seems to come back as you come more into yourself as, as a woman in, in postmenopause. So that really yes. marries up beautifully as well. Absolutely. And at that stage, at 54, we're getting really, we're starting to, to, to feel like we understand life. Mm. So uh, there are three main cycles, particularly for women, 
in life. One is, you know, that virgin sort of a naivety that kind of, and that's changing around about 27, 28. Yeah. Then there's the the maiden, the mother. The, yeah. The, the, and then at uh, around 54 or so, it begins to be the crone, the, the woman who is wise and, as you say, does not give a shit about what other people think. That's right, exactly. I love and, those and stages. Can, can be whatever they want to be. Yeah. And and the work that we do as a maiden really and as a virgin uh, really underpins what we become. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, you touched on a little bit. Um, do you have a perimenopause story? Um, you know, you talk about the wheel yeah. of life and what, what did that wheel, wheel look like for you? Did, did you know, how did that life cycle impact you personally, if you're happy to share with us? I had very happy. I mean, I was um, I was quite surprised to, to go into perimenopause quite young, mm. but it had to do with, um, you know, just circumstances, I suppose, and a little yep. bit of um, particular health issues. Uh, but I recall that at that time I had... Um, a real change in my career path, actually. I had been working uh, quite full-time and quite steadily, and I decided to study. And it actually the freedom that I found in mm. being a student after and I did project work and kept earning quite a good wage, but I had so much more autonomy and freedom. And at the same time, this menopause came on, and it was quite a surprise. It came quickly. I remember it was a um, it was quite intense spiritual time where I took up a lot of uh, I had two hours each day meditating and doing very intense silent retreats for seven years. And it was through that period that I went through my perimenopause and menopause. And then, mm. so it actually sit, sat well with me because going into something a bit more. Um, what I would call sort of metaphysical, really suited my particular experience of menopause. It, I was unfortunate. I was infertile and I would have kids in my 30s. I, I was pregnant when I was young, uh, but they both miscarried. And when I tried again, uh, no matter what I tried, it just didn't work. So yeah. I was I was a non-child uh, non -child household, um, which I suppose made my experience quite different yeah. or unique. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It's amazing, isn't it, though, Tessa, that when you decided to pull back and go to study, mm. that you went into this early, you know, into perimenopause when you did. It's like it was like your body was telling you something almost, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah it was lovely. The um, the kind of uh, synchronicity that occurred in my life was really helpful. Mm. Yeah, I and I think with great joy, it was it was really a, a terrific thing because I was stretching my mind, my soul. You know, I was doing a lot of yoga, very, very fit. And obviously, you know, materially, I was quite comfortable. I'd done, I'd done a lot of work mm. and, and had savings so I could live in a routine that was very autonomous to the nine to five. Yeah. And you did. I was living in the tropics at the time as well. Oh, really perfect. <laughs> and, and you also listen to your body, which is something that we always talk about here mm. around women listening to their body and not ignoring the signals because often we're so busy that we don't stop but when you know I often say uh, perimenopause can be one of those things that it you know it, it can be so loud that you can't ignore it at some point but if you listen Absolutely. earlier you can do yourself so many favors look I did have some really good help from a herbalist uh, she gave me a couple of herbs Don Kwai and Black Cohosh and yep. they, they really helped with the night sweats and with my my mood changes and so on yeah mm. so I, I never forget that was a really good aid and I actually continue to use herbs and also a lot of vitamins. I go to naturopaths and so on. That's 
you know, I always triangulate my health. Yeah, beautiful. By that I mean I have this, you know, I have some body workers, I have the doctor, really good GP, and then I also have the naturopath and vitamin regimes and so on. So Yeah, I think that alternative therapy um, uh, route is really beneficial to also, you know, that um, with complementary, you know, that complementary in Western yeah. medicine. And, yeah. and look, I know myself that I've been doing acupuncture for also oh, to help yeah. with my um, process yeah. of hot flushes. I did have acupuncture at the time as well. Yeah, yeah and I've found it extremely helpful. And, yeah. and we're actually going to get um, the acupuncturist on the podcast shortly and get talk that through too. So really beneficial. I think um, also with our chats with Dr. Fatima Khan, who's a menopause specialist here in Melbourne, and yeah. she talks and she deals in that um, MHT field with menopause hormonal um, therapy, but she's a big proponent of those alternative therapies and, you know, having that um, complementary sort of health plan in, in how you actually take yourself through this part of life. So um, it doesn't suit everybody. No, um, it doesn't. But to, it's, yeah. it's very unique. I think that's just the whole thing about menopause. It's such that's a it. unique experience. You can't say. Everyone's different. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much fear still around that uh, hormonal treatment, isn't it, about the there is. cancer and, yeah. and so on. Yeah. And if there's a cancer history, a lot of women just won't touch it. Correct. I know, I know you know, my sisters didn't use uh, hormones. They, they both went through it without that too. Yep. Yeah, yep. so. no, definitely. And look, you know, and as from our from our perspective, that whole lifestyle element is where that where we sit. And um, definitely, uh, you know, lifestyle is a big factor in relation to getting through you know, that. And time I guess that's life. what I was speaking about was yeah. yeah the combination of different things like that yoga and a lot of exercise, or mm. swimming every day, that kind of thing. So yeah. keeping the body as um, fit and, and healthy as possible. Absolutely. But if we've got some kind of chronic disease or an injury or something, then that can really put you back. And that's actually what's going on, uh, particularly in, in the early 50s. There can be a bit of a test of the body, uh, astrologically, and a test of why, uh, how limitation, how you respond to limitations. So that's mm -hmm. an interesting sort of aspect to, to begin to talk with uh, clients about when that's coming up for them. Yeah. Um, it can yeah. be a bit of a tough time. Okay, definitely can be. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, so, Tessa, my next question, we're hearing about how perimenopause is being labelled as the silent career killer for women plus, 40 plus. In your line of work, have you seen this with clients? And if so, do you have some tips to share for women on how they can maintain a career that they love while struggling so many physical, mental and emotional changes in the line of work that you're in? I guess it's along the same lines that, that to come to an awareness of what's the reason for you going through what you're going through is mm. a really empowering thing to do. So, you know, you can have that, you can tap into it, you can learn how to um, uh, read the signs mm. uh, using this astrology. You know, there are quite clear signs of particular planetary aspects going on in the chart. And you can learn to read them and, to, and you can see the dates and the periods of time when things are happening. So I really believe that uh, self-knowledge and an understanding of what to, uh, what's going on what now and what to expect and when it will end and when it will kind of ease. Mm. Um, I really, truly believe as a counsellor that journaling and, and being sort of self-caring self are very important. Yeah, um, and self caring includes doing comforting things, but it also includes being quite constructive. So I, I promote a lot of self compassion because I find that a lot of us are born and raised in a community that's got full of judgment, 
And so we criticize ourselves. And really the self-compassion concept is, is very powerful so that we actually um, promote positively in our lives uh, these skills of being kind to ourselves, mm -hmm. to accepting ourselves as we are, to um, wishing ourselves uh, an easy day, you know, to be also able to recognise when we stop breathing and start to breathe deeply instead mm -hmm. of holding our breath and being really tense. So, again, self-awareness and self-understanding. And either, I guess that's where my services work, both with being able to look at and explore what's going on for the person, but also have some strategies that we work out really with the individual. You know? Each of us have our own ways of going about these things. Mm. There's no one prescription for everyone. But so self-guided meditation is another thing I often suggest to, to people um, so that, you know, just 10 or 15, 20 minutes best each day um, to sit with the body being quiet and the mind beginning to calm and follow a meditation that helps you to actually come into yourself and just take a break from that mental stress that we all put ourselves under. Yeah. So all those tips, I think, are, are useful to, to get through rough times at any time. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I'm just thinking as you talk through, you started off by saying um, being kind to yourself, and it's all mm. of those things, isn't it? And I think... Sometimes we need to have that plastered on on our desk or somewhere in front of us to remind us constantly, don't we? May I be peaceful in yeah, front of me? Beautiful. <laughs> it's a cognitive behavioural technique to put little notes around the house. And yes. That cognitive behavioural therapy has been well proven. You know, it, it really does help and support us to change the mind's habits. Mm. So many of us, particularly women, have this habit of worrying and taking on things of being, you know, over over fussed or over concerned, anxious, and these sorts of things, and, and we get depressed a lot. And you know, these are all hormonal effects, but they can be really, um, uh, you know, get us stuck in a place we don't want to be stuck. Yeah. So having ways of, you know, daily or even hourly process to remind ourselves of how we can get away from that. I mm. think powerful. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and that is powerful. And I think that's probably where a lot of our work lies is just helping women see that too and, yes. and having that self-care aspect and being kind to themselves. And yeah, they just sort of they tend to do that to everyone else, but they forget about doing it to themselves. It is. It's a real trick to turn it on yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It can really uplift. And there are certain times when you're going to be more open to that. I mean, particularly in your mid-50s, you'll start to really see that because you've got a lot of flowing energy around using more innovation and more invention in your life, letting these kind of new ideas come in. Um, you know, some of us don't uh, always agree with these sort of, uh, like you said, the woo-woo factor, but actually there's certain times in our lives when we really need it. Mm. We need to look at things from a new perspective. And, to, yeah. and we're curious, you know, we're more curious at those times because uh, yeah. we maybe have, as you say, the kids have grown up and they've got their own lives, so we have more spare time. Yeah, where our partners sort of already uh, off doing whatever they're doing, so that's the yeah. time. It's interesting, isn't it? You talk about women coming more into it in their fifties, and you know, having those ideas, and and I certainly resonated with everything that you said, and yeah. and you know, for the you know, I'm thinking from my from my husband's point of view, he's worked, he's had that constant stream of work, and he's probably you know, in the next few years, he's probably ready to to wind it all up. But um, you know, I'm still sort of at a point where I've got all these new ideas. Nat yeah. and I are creating a business, and um, 
you know, I can't wait to get going on. You'll be working to, into your 70s. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly and right. What that's what I keep saying. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's, the, the, it's certainly quite acceptable to, to see your life as being, like I say, that third cycle doesn't start till you're in your late 50s, early mm. 60s. So that's another 27 years. Yeah, yeah. So you're going actually into your 80s then. Yeah. And that's certainly how I see my life. Yeah. I, I'm with you, totally. <laughs> yeah, and it's so enjoyable because you have a lot of things behind you and you yes. can see where you maybe made a few forks in the road, took the wrong turn, but it's less likely now. And yeah. if you pace yourself, I think it's really important for us. And you said that about the career path thing. Well, I think it was interesting when I read that um, question or heard that question, it was like you had two concepts there. You had a career mm-hmm. and then you had doing what I really love. Yeah. Sometimes I don't always mean the same thing. Yeah. And I think that's what we work out in our 40s and our 50s we work out what is it we really love and can I make my career that mm. instead of doing something for the sake of the earnings or whatever the, the family set me up in or what you know the expectations I have from wherever can I actually cut that down back a bit even if I go to four days there and have one day where I can do what I really love that's the kind of movement that we start to really see women doing in that time period Because it's just, you know, otherwise life becomes too unhappy and the body actually starts to protest. We start to get lots of signs of stress. You just explained me. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think you see it in a lot of ways. I mean, men go through midlife too, and that's when they choose to leave their marriage and their kids and go with the young one, you see. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they think, you know, well, I can have all that and I can have the juicy you know woman as well yeah Um, but it's um that's a devastating trend it's an archetype that I don't uh, think uh you know a a truly uh, honest person would take but it's Mm. just so prevalent unfortunately it's there in our media as well and in our social soapies and all sorts of things get played out so yeah it's a typical story. It's a very sad story. Very it is. You know, I, I'm just thinking too from my perspective that, you know, you have your children, you sort of you don't put your life on hold, but you obviously you make, you know, you want, you, you'd like to have a family and you make that commitment yeah. to, to rear your children. And then you get to a point you think, oh, you know, I've been in this job. I've never really been happy with it. And, you know, now's the time for me to make that change. And yeah. I think definitely yeah. a lot of women that we come across, even through our networking um events that we do there's a lot of women that have had that change of careers and you know so much happier doing what they're doing now yeah absolutely yeah I mean I spent a lot of my time as a public servant and I was fine at it you know and I had some very interesting jobs but around the late 50s is when I changed and I said yeah I'm going to become a I mean my business had already started but I'm going to fully get myself into that business Yeah. yeah beautiful love it so we come to the end of our podcast, Tessa. I'm, I'm actually really keen to go back in here and listen to it again because there's okay. so many light bulb moments that you've brought up. But um, our last question, this podcast is all about power and finding, nurturing and using um, our personal power as we transition through perimenopause and beyond. And you probably touched on it quite a bit through, um, through our chat today, but what does coming into your own power mean to you and how have you defined your own perimenopause um, uh, journey, perimenopause, menopause journey? So I guess, yeah, I have touched on it a few times. I, yeah. I, I see that as a turning point in terms of I had such a struggle with wanting to have kids and not being able to that when menopause came, it was like a relief. It was like, mm. okay, so that phase of my life is now over. I no longer have that question in my mind. And so I can throw myself into where I'm going. But as I said, explained, 
I had a big spiritual uh, awakening around that mm. time as well and I started to devote myself differently. So I stopped doing certain things I used to do that I think were self-destructive and I started to do much more positive things. Obviously, I've had times in and out of that since. Mm. But yeah, coming into my power really uh, has been a process of, of you know, it's ongoing. It's I think we... It's not something you do in, yeah. the, in your power. I think you, you're continually, as I, as I referred to, you're continually healing, continually coming back to what are the main issues that I want to overcome in this life and what do I want to do in my life? Mm. And so in that healing, you start to then be able to give. And so this part of my life now, I feel I'm, I'm much more in a place of giving to people um, and spending those times that I do with those that are, in the caring role and those who are dying and who are bereaved um, really makes that very poignant. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. Tessa, I, um, I'd love our listeners to, um, to know where they can find out more about you and, and the services that you offer. And in fact, Natalie and I are, are keen to, to actually do one of the services that you offer too. We just haven't had a chance to book it in, but um, <laughs> um, expect, a, expect a booking from us soon. But can you tell yeah. our listeners where they can find more about you? It's certainly, I set up a website, astrotessa.com. So that's A-S-T-R-O, Tessa, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and uh, all of my services and my background and qualifications and so on are all on there. And so you can uh, buy a service or you can contact me through there through a contact form and I'll get back to you. Fantastic. I offer a, um, <coughs> excuse me, I offer a free 20-minute session to people as a discovery to see if we'll get along and whether or not it's something you really, truly want to do. So you can take advantage of that as well. It's on my website, just follow the discovery link. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much Very for your time today. That, that's been a beautiful conversation. And I know Lovely. Natalie, yeah. she's been sitting here nodding her head. I know she would have loved it. And um, she may just give you another call and have a bit more of a chat about the podcast at some point too. So thanks again for your time. Okay. Have a thanks. good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.